was gonna say we're we gotta start or I'm going to bed. <laughs> I, I was real real close to backing out anyway. I am on adrenaline. I was actually this close to calling it tonight because I was so tired, and then I had a ton of coffee at, with supper, and I actually have more with me. Yeah, I want to sleep this week, so. Oh, there's no doubt I'm going to pass out as soon as we're done. So, anyways, to kick things off. Good evening, everyone. We are Uber Geek Media. Uh, Mark is absent tonight because he had uh, other things going on. But next week, we'll have all of us back, I'm pretty sure, right? Mm -hmm. No one else has anything going on, as far as I know. So tonight, as we are short one, we are going to be continuing a little side subplot of dogs seriously side subplot of dogs yes we're all playing dogs Uh, of lemuria and fillion two druids who went to the village of gil ryan and witnessed at some time that's somewhat obviously either way back in the past or far enough into the future or something that it, the town was not recognizable. The last we had seen of Fillion, he was perched atop a windmill, I believe on the west side of Gil Ryan, overlooking the slaughter of the villagers of the town. The appearance of a character we now know as Muriel, this creepy little eldritch girl. Lemuria had managed to escape with four children in tow. And the last we had seen from her, her and the children were resting off of the main road and watching troops march from Fort Hightower into Gil Ryan. And the kids were okay. So that being said, is there anything else anyone wants to add as far as a recap? No, that's good. I turned into a horse. It's true. I mean, that's that's so important. That is how you escape. I suppose I also, I turned into a bird. What was it? it was, I think it was a specific type of chickadee. It was, yeah, it was a small bird. I think I'm, I know there was like a very specific chickadee species that we had talked about. But anyways, that's not that that's important. important. It's very important. You are wrong. But I fully expect you to find, figure it out, John. And for, for continuity. For continuity's sake. We can't go against canon, John. Best part is in like a month when I'm doing the closed captioning for that. Uh, y'all are going to get a text. It's going to be like, no, it was a blue jay. It was a boreal chickadee. A boreal chickadee. So, uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure. I don't think it was. Or a chest- chestnut backed. So. A chestnut backed chickadee. That's, That's what it was. It was the chestnut backed one because we were going to do like a Twitter poll to see which one was cuter. Yes. I remember that shit. 
Did we follow through on the poll? Nope. To kick things off tonight, we are going to go back to the perspective of Fillion perched atop this windmill. And at last thing we had seen from Fillion's perspective was this black wagon pull up and this tall cloaked figure with an antlered helm step out and start bossing people around and they were creating some stone walls and moving some pillars and things like that they had created essentially a pyre with children in the center of it and basically were burning a ring around a group of children lightning struck dark clouds shadows and muriel appeared in the center of it and then we had flashed back over to lemuria as this dark shadowy figure appears from Fillion's perspective, the tall cloaked figure starts shouting in a foreign language that you don't understand. And you see the workers start to rush around, putting up these stone towers. And off in the distance, you can start to see troops. And a little little tiny bit of hope fills your chest. And as they approach closer and closer, they form into ranks and then stop just outside of town. Does Fillion do anything or is he going to continue to observe? He, uh, he will continue to observe for now. Till at least those troops are acknowledged. One very uh, in charge looking knight in full plate steps forward. He begins walking towards the tall cloaked man as if in parley. It doesn't appear like he's waving a flag or signaling or anything like that. He's just walking forward. And you see his soldiers start fanning out around. And on covered wagons start circling the town. In front of these wagons, you see robed figures. And the robes are very elaborate and ornate with different runes and symbols on them. And then behind them, you see Dragonborn in formation, circling the town. And they start erecting these stone pillars around town. And in the center of town, you see who you know as a player to be Muriel observing. She just blinks, and the fires around the children whoosh out. And the tall cloaked figure approaches. Creature. 
supposed God. Today, you will answer for the oppression that you have put upon all of the peoples of Turst. We can't kill you yet, but you will be imprisoned here for all time. And as he's speaking, these pillars are still going up, and it seems like they're picking up speed because they know that something's happening. And the tall figure takes a few steps forward and leans in with intent. The Ash Lord has spoken. So is the are the ones with the antlers and the one in like the tall figure close to each other? So the tall figure is the cloaked figure with the antlers. Oh. Same guy. So he's got this elaborate thick fur cloak on and then this black helmet with antlers like stag antlers on top and as of right now you can see whoever's in charge of this large group of soldiers and dragonborn and wagons is still walking towards him it does not appear that these forces are in opposition which is confusing as hell to Fillion, especially as he would know some of the adjacent royalty of Turs. I mean, he's old as shit. He's been around. He's seen just about everything there is to see in Turs. He would also recognize that bringing up the rear are a handful of druids. And he recognizes about half the council of elders. <laughs> and they appear to be cooperating. Since I'm as old as I am, could I make a religion check to see, like to kind of figure out what's going on here? Absolutely. Because at first glance, it, it just it's not making sense. Like all of these groups, they're not in opposition to each other, generally speaking, except for. This group, you would expect that all of these groups should be upset that. These robed figures are attacking Gil Ryan. I watched that die hit the wall of my screen as a 20 and bounce back as an 8. So I got a total of 9. Ouch. I swear to God that they slow down the animation. That's <laughs> just a torture you. With a 9, you do recognize that some of the soldiers are not just soldiers of Fort Hightower, but they're paladins and some 
supporting priests from different religions in Turst. So I forget if I turn back. I think I'm still a bird. Yeah, you're still. It's, when we left, I think you were still a bird, because Muriel had just appeared, and then we cut. We faded to black. I'm I'm gonna flutter my little birdie body down to the Council of Elders and let wild shape fade. Okay. Do you land like right in between them or just kind of near them? Probably near. Like I yeah, Fillion assumes tensions are high, so landing like right in the middle of them and being like BAM probably is not what he he desires. Surprise! As you change back and shift into your normal elvish form, one of the druids happens to spot you and jolts a little bit, and several of the others turn, and some of the adjacent soldiers and clerics and things happen to notice that you just kind of appear out of nowhere. You see their hands go to their weapons. The closest druid just kind of waves them down. He goes, it's, it's okay. I'll talk. And you recognize this as Colstead. And he is one of the Council of Elders. Taking my, uh, my quarterstaff up and much much less as one would expect a man of Fillion's age to be. I'll, I'll approach him and, God, I gotta remember what voice this was. <laughs> it was somewhere between uh, Decker Kane and... Sit a, sit a while and listen. What's the guy from Hearts in Atlantis? I have no idea. <laughs> He's a British actor. He's fantastic. I'm just brain fart. Anyways, something adjacent to that. Less British. Carl, what, what is going on here? Fillion, what, uh, what brings you to Gil Ryan today? You're not, you're not supposed to be here. I, I was here. We were here. The young one you sent me to train out. We stopped here on our way back. They killed all of these people, Carl. All of them. Why are you standing here? Spillion, this is... This is business best left to the Council of Elders. You should... You should return home. And he kind of gives a side glance to a group of soldiers and they start stepping forward. You will explain this to me, Carl, before I even step an inch away from this. That man, and I point to the man with antlers, he, he commanded children's deaths. Children. This 
is about reinstating balance, Fillion. This isn't about good or evil. The balance must be restored. You have to understand that. All these years, you you all prattled on about balance, and you never took a single lesson. A single lesson I tried to explain into your hearts at all, did you? Billion, per- perhaps age has addled your mind, but you are not on the council. It is us who best guide the practices, not you. So that's... You'll just leave him to it then? I'm afraid so. It's what's best for Turst. So be it then. And uh, Fillion will move to turn away and then kind of whipping around. He's going to throw lightning bolts at the direction of that antlered guy. Okay. Uh, yeah, it is 100 feet. I'm assuming we're not super far away from these people. No, the council members that are there would have set up shop near this antlered gentleman. So yeah, uh, (laughs) everyone within a 100-foot line, uh, which is five feet, (laughs) uh, has to make a dexterity saving throw against a 14. (laughs) Fillion watched these people grow. Fillion watched these people have families. This is, like, even from the limited knowledge I have of this man, I can't imagine he would stand by and let this go unpunished. Ephelion would realize that while what Colstead is saying... He may have a point. He may have a point. However, this doesn't seem right. Yeah, there's something wrong about this. Yeah, something screwy is going on. Things are shifty as shit. And you know that while the council may guide, they do not command yeah. the other druids. They don't they don't own me. Yeah, Colstead, this was this is very much a no, this is none of your business. Get the fuck out. This lightning bolt does not hit him, but one of the adjacent members is in the way zap zap and he fails wow there's something pleasurable about that (laughs) oh damn there's something really pleasurable about watching 8d6 uh, roll in a virtual setting wow okay this lightning bolt shoots out you see this one council member is adjacently struck by it and just lightning and energy crackles over him and he just goes down to one knee and he is charred his robes are singed a little bit he doesn't look like like he took all of that blow that he probably would have if you you would know he 
probably has some sort of resistance to it. Yes. But the man with the helm is hit square in the back. And he rocks forward. Do a perception check for me. 19. Okay. You see that Muriel has drawn her attention to this little altercation. And you see her mouth a few words. And from the shadows, tens and tens of children start pouring out. And they're just darting this way and that. And there's mass chaos. It's just like somebody sprayed an anthill. There are people flying everywhere. You see some of these soldiers and things. They're still trying to erect the pillars. Some of the robed figures, they're starting to chant. It's very much as though there's some sort of race against time going on. We're going to go back to Lemuria. Lemuria, you and the children have stopped to rest. That is where we left off. And you see this procession go by. You see these covered wagons with these massive stone pillars. When we left off last time, you had seen soldiers and dragonborn. And then you do see this small procession of druids go by. And they're kind of trailing these wagons and then flanked by soldiers. And some of them you see in the heraldry of Fort Hightower, but some of them you see different clergy represented. And you're not entirely sure what's going on. And one of the the children happens to kind of peek over and just pulls on your sleeve and um I'm what are what are we gonna do? Are they are they here to help? I think so. I don't know. A short rest. Yes, we'll give you a sh- we'll say that's a short rest. <laughs> that same child should should we hide? Or should we run? I think we need to find somewhere safe for you to rest. To stay. At this point you would know you're not terribly far from High Tower itself. Well, we're at the like gate, right? You had kind of stopped actually very close to where Zigrit, Quill, and Story had stopped and rested and camped for the night on that kind of fork just to the southwest of the gates of High Tower. Um, okay. It's slightly wooded. There's tall brush. I don't recall you mentioning anything about like setting up a fire or anything like that. I think you had just literally just stopped to rest and you started seeing this procession go by. Yeah, I think we were just like trying to catch our breath. Um, so, yeah, we're going to try to go. I mean, she's got the kids and that was her duty was to, to take care of the kids. So, yeah, we're going to go to Fort Hightower. Okay. 
you start walking, are you going to try to walk on the road? Or are you going to stay off and as, try to stay as hidden as you can? We're going to try to stay hidden. Could you roll? One moment here. No, no moment. I know. So bad. Do a stealth roll for me. Sure not survival. Animal handle. Survival would work. <laughs> I, would, I would let you do survival. Okay, good. 11. So Lemuria knows to stay well enough off the trail. The soldiers are not focused on you. They clearly have a task. They're a large force. They're not, it's not like they're trying to be stealthy. They're not particularly on the lookout or anything like that. They're fairly hyper-focused on marching and getting these wagons where they need to go. Lemuria and the children kind of skirt the trail and stay a couple hundred feet into the brush. Lemuria being a druid, obviously very in tune with nature, you know that you can stay well enough away that you're going to be not heard or seen easily. As you get near to High Tower, even above this low brush that kind of pervades the landscape, you can see the mountains rising up and in this kind of nestled valley. Anne would remember this from before, this bridge with this elaborate keep. Except where Story, Zigrit, and Quill had seen Fort Hightower long after its heyday. Fort Hightower is a bustling metropolis here home to many, many people. There's a standing army here at the fort instead of just this small vestiges. And Lemuria looks out expecting to see this beautiful, elaborate keep sitting on this bridge between the two peaks of the Stone Spawn Mountains. And instead of seeing this tall, tower at the peak the top is crumbled these once shining faces that you once knew to be representing the different races primary races or forces of terse mainly the druids uh, terselan's royalty and then the tabaxi wizards and the sorcerers, the dragonborn. Where they used to be these bright, shining faces with these glowing, almost iridescent eyes on them. The eyes are now faded. And it looks like they've almost been defaced. And you see smoke billowing up from Fort Hightower. And it's clear that Fort Hightower has likely been sacked. And this kind of floors you because even for as long a life as an elf like Lemuria has had, Fort Hightower has always been this bastion of strength in the region. But somehow 
it looks like it's fallen. And this army, which originally you thought, oh my god, it's reinforcements. Now you're not sure if they're running or if they caused the damage. But it's clear that some sort of recent conflict has gone on. And now they've completely passed the soldiers and everything. Like, there's no... Yeah, I think I think we can comfortably say traveling even that short while with four children, one somewhat not in the best of condition, through yeah. thick brush, we can comfortably say that even an army has moved faster. Is there anyone around? So, looking out onto the road that leads up to the gates of the outer shield wall. You would know that, generally speaking, this outer quarter, as it's now called, is usually filled with small lean-tos with vendors and things like that. They're all gone, and it looks like the outer quarter has been ransacked. The gates are open, which you know that if the defenders were there, that's the first thing they would have done would be to put up the gates and close the gates into the pass. But they're open. Because now she's worried about not just the kids, but, you know. Everything. Those who are back in the Zoom. Yeah. But these are the survivors. And that's what she was told to do. So they're going to go to the next town. Um, I think. How far is the next town on horseback? It's a ways. You you'd know the most logical place for you to go from Fort Hightower is going to be east. And there's a few small villages to the east on the road, but they're a ways off. The nearest civilization that you can get to is going to be there is a uh, a small training center for the dragonborn sorcerers and then beyond that slightly up into the mountains there is a wizard academy and then beyond that would be where the Druid Enclave is and the the village of the mountain elves. Oh yeah. Well well the the Wizard Academy. I mean that that's the next safest place. So that would mean you go through Fort High Tower through the mountain pass. Hang on, I'm reading. Okay. As an action, you can magically assume the shape of a beast that you have seen before twice per short rest. Maxiar 1-4. No flying or swimming speed. Fourth of Maxiar half. No flying speed. Does that mean I can't be, I can't fly? Nope. Uh, Well, yes. So you can transform... At, at our level, you can transform into any sea or land creature. Or I guess a Nemu. I suppose flightless birds count. 
if you got a stat block for it, I don't care. <laughs> I wonder, is there a stat block for emu? There probably is, but that takes away the whole like turning giant eagle. No, uh, no mortar solution for you. No, they punked out in the end. True. I mean, I, there's a whole thing I know. There are like a bajillion books and five million analyses. They punked out. Yeah, that's fair. There is a homebrew stat block for an emu. Heck, yeah, there is. Is, is that what she's going to try to carry four children on as an emu, though? That's not what I was... <laughs> A giant kangaroo, and I just put him in my pouch. Oh my god, that's amazing! <laughs> I I feel this is an important aspect of the emu. Uh, apparently, emus are native to Barovia, according to this homebrew, and it has the uh, status vampire killer. Oh my god! Uh, as a Barovia, essentially Australia, emus have advantage on attacks against vampires, and vampires have disadvantage on attacks against them. Today, I learned. <laughs> Not. Not important to what we're doing here, but food for thought. If you need to kill vampires, emus, everyone. Yeah, apparently emus is the way to go. I'll I'll remember that for our curse of Strahd sideline. <laughs> I am an I'm an emu creature. <laughs> you could also just try to stealth or at least That's what I'm trying to figure out is do we just stealth or Technically speaking, you haven't seen anybody yet. So you could just proceed with caution. I like how my side of the story is incredibly uncomplicated. I just shoot lightning bolts and things. <laughs> I don't have to save nobody. <laughs> well, in my head, I was trying to figure out how to get you two to join up. And uh, I realized that that's probably unlikely. <laughs> it's very unlike I was tasked with saving the children. Yeah, you're doing exactly what you were tasked with. Thanks a lot, Jillian. So my guess is she's going to go into survival mode, which is what's my task? Task of saving children. That's what I need to do. Hey, the character backstory you gave me was Fillion knows literally everyone in this town and has watched them grow for generations. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, like, it just makes sense. I don't I don't want to say this is definitely a John Wick style situation for an elf, but that's pretty close. You killed my dog. Can I can I guide myself? Uh, I believe so. Does it say other creature? You can touch one willing creature. I'm willing. I would think. Sorry, I'm distracted so for I, a second. It's fine. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm, I'll allow it. <laughs> okay. I'm a I'm a guide myself and we're gonna try to stealth. Okay. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Go ahead and And get to the Wizard Academy. Yeah, throw me a stealth roll if you haven't already. I didn't see it come across. Oh, and I'm gonna need that D4. Twelve. I mean, she is hauling four children. Yeah. Can we can we get some lollipops? I'm hungry. I need to go potty. Oh. My legs are tired. 
this is getting too close to home. <laughs> no more. As you go through the gate, you see bodies piled up in the streets. Buildings are on fire, or at least smoking. Most of what is able to burn is a smoldering pile of ash. Go ahead and do a perception roll for me. 26. Nice. As you approach one of the bodies, you see that it's an older man, and his shirt has been ripped open. And written on his chest in common is all will turn to ash. And as you're walking, you see more and more of these bodies with this written on their chest. Since you're stealthing, you kind of get to the center of Hightower with that central courtyard and the the merchants around it. And written on the buildings is everything will be ash. As you proceed, you don't see any survivors and you get to the large wrought iron gates into the pass. They're open and there is burn marks all along the pass as far as you can see. But you don't see any bodies and you don't see any people and you proceed through and you continue on and you don't hear the sound of any animals and normally you would at least be able to hear some mountain birds or something like that. A few hours pass as you're going to the Sorcerer's Academy or the Sorcerer's School. You see half a dozen dragonborn and one very tall, muscular, female dragonborn standing guard over the trail that leads to the sorcerer's school. She hasn't spotted you yet, but they are on alert. Some of them have mundane weapons. Some of them have wands at the ready. And you see behind them spiked walls where normally it would just be an open pass. At this point, she goes out into the road with the children, very much tries not to stealth up on the very beefy dragonborn. Approaches with the children behind her, but visible in a very, look, I have kids, don't kill me, but also staying in front of kids. Immediately, as you're spotted, and you step out into the road, you see all of them bristle, 
And you see this kind of glow start to come up from their scales. And you see this, you just feel this whoosh of cold air off of them. 100% hands up, tell the kids hands up. Not like a scary hands up, but a very like, nothing we can do. I'm good. I'm good. It's okay. (laughs) And the tall, beefy female dragonborn comes forward. Are you with the burnt hand? No, we're we're not with anyone. I'm just trying to get these kids safe. And she approaches and she has her wand, which is this ornate wooden wand with veins of gold and this fiery gem at the end of it in her hand. And she slowly walks a circle around you. And she's wary, but she doesn't seem afraid at all. She looks at the other dragonborn. I think it's more refugees. Get them to safety now. And you're ushered behind this spike wall. You can see just bustling back and forth. You see multiple tiers of encampment along this trail where they fortified. Some places it's stone that just seems to have been pushed up out of the ground. In some places, it's frozen walls of ice and sheets, just sheets of pure, clear ice across the trail. And they kind of maneuver you and the children around it. You walk down through some taller rocks in the mountainside. The stone kind of opens up in front of you. And you see this huge complex of tall stone buildings carved of the mountain itself. And you see hundreds of dragonborns swarming. And it seems like they're preparing for war. I I see if I can ask somebody where I can get some healing for the child who is still hurt. And the dragonborn you're following says, yes, well, of course. We we have a small uh, area set up for refugees. There'll be healing, there'll be food, you'll be safe. I, I hold the kid's hands and I, I follow. I love that we have all this Mark-centric stuff and Mark's not here. <laughs> Mark's not here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but it'll, it'll be interesting for him to listen to because I do plan on sending him this recording before I edit it. So mm. he can, I think it'd be kind of fun anyways. So Lemiri, as you walk through these stone buildings, it opens up into this massive courtyard in the middle of the school. And you can see probably a hundred dragonborn. They seem to be doing drills with different weapons. Some of them are casting spells. Some of them are just training with staves, some with wooden swords. And on the sides of the buildings, you can see these ornate carvings of these massive battles between these amorphous creatures and just just ranks and ranks of dragonborns. And they're throwing spells and they have their weapons that they're brandishing. Everything seems very militaristic. 
it doesn't appear as though these dragonborn have seen peace ever. They are very much a culture of war. And every single thing you see seems like it's very regimented. Military life is all they've known. And that just, that makes sense, because that's what you know of the dragonborn of this area. You're ushered into another carved stone building. The child, I don't remember if the injured one was a boy or a girl, but but they're pulled aside. One of the sorcerers is tending to them. And you see another seemingly very ornately dressed dragonborn pulls you aside. What have you seen? What's what's happening in Hightower? We haven't heard any word from them in hours. I tell them everything. And, and as you talk about, you know, these these bodies and these messages written in ash, because then it's then it's true and high tower has fallen. And and of Gil Ryan, we were we were told we had sent out scouts. Most of them never returned and a large number a large contingent went missing. I don't know how to say I tell them everything without just repeating yeah. what you said. Like, yeah, there's like, there's all these like dragonborn with this big like army. We were going the other way because of the children. As you're explaining, you know, this, all these dragonborn with soldiers and druids, he just, this can't be. It can't. They, there's no way that Dragonborn, that our, our people, would have helped. I don't... And he just, without another word, he just rushes off. And you're kind of left in this unattended, as most of the, the Dragonborn sorcerers near you, they're attending to wounded, and they're helping refugees. And there seems to be only maybe 40 to 50 refugees that have come from Hightower. Well, I tell them, uh, since I've now looked over, could I heal the kid myself with the cure wounds? Uh, <laughs> there was a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure going on. I don't, I don't play a druid a whole lot. In fact, I think I've only played a druid for two hours the last time. Yeah, it wasn't long. No. I, think, I think it was less than an hour, actually, from start to finish when we actually played. <laughs> so, so you know, I heal my kid with the cure wounds, and then I tell them, because, I, yeah, I have lots of cure wounds, say, how do we help, and see if there's something we can do to help, and I can, I can, I have four or five, six, seven slots, I can help, I can cure wounds. Seven people. Six people. And you're kind of put to work with a lot of the more injured and... And I make the kids come help if it's not too gruesome so they have something they're doing other than just being like, we're orphans in the corner! <laughs> nice. I'm, I'm paraphrasing things. She does it in a very druidic, kind way, and she's thought of things like, you're gonna follow me with gauze. 
or something. But, you know, Anne is tired. As you're helping out, you're healing these these various refugees. And most of them are younger children who were tucked away somewhere or managed to run right at the start of things. I also do guidance on like every single person who's healing because it's a it's a cantrip so that their healing is super good. Yeah. They do a super good job bandaging and splinting and uh suturing. Thank you. That word. <sighs> and lancing. I would say they put in IVs, but that doesn't really fit the setting. Right, so no. I mean Maybe bone needles? Kind of, actually. I don't know. More than you'd think. Yeah, I don't, I but, don't know. Um, You're putting leeches on. That's a thing. I know yeah. I know that's a thing. That's a... Well, and that's actually kind of... Yeah, okay. So we're not going to get into how much of a medical history nerd Anne is, but Sawbones. Everybody's Sawbones. Just also, just to plug a podcast that's not ours. <laughs> So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna help. I'm gonna I'm gonna guide whatever dragonborn I can touch. As you're healing, you hear just a large commotion. Almost all of the students training in the yard are announced basically to organize, rank up, and file out. The same very tall, muscular female dragonborn that approached you on the road comes to you and says we've we've sent word to your people normally we would escort you there however as you can see we're a little tied up right now completely un- <laughs> i can offer you a space in our ranks temporarily or i'm afraid you'll have to make your way home so our path and their path, are they similar or are they... D- so they're off of the pass. So the Druid Enclave is technically in the mountains. There's not like a specific, other than one sacred like copse or, or, or like circle. There's not a specific like Druid city or something like that. It's a loose association. But like the elves do have a village. But the way that the dragonborn are going, is it towards where I know is safe? They are definitely not going towards safety. They are mobilizing, and it's pretty clear that they're heading back towards Hightower, and they're going to try to take back Fort Hightower if they can. There's a problem, because... Because that's a very good opportunity for Anne to get her character back to where the story's happening. But I'm a druid that was told by her teacher to keep the children safe. And I can go back, my people, and tell them what's going on. And bring more refugees with me to safety. These things are true. But I will say, having Fillion as your teacher... He probably also taught you an abundance of listening to authority is dumb. Yeah, and especially in this particular this particular setting, instance where Fillion specifically could have been on the can- council and basically chose not to. 
Yes. So the other part of this is too that Fillion gave you that directive, but you also know this Dragonborn, she did say that they sent word to the Druids. Are there other adults that seem safe-like that she could say, leave the children with? Yes. Okay. There is a contingent of Dragonborn that will stay behind. It just seems like the main portion of this militaristic group is is getting ready to mobilize. So in a way, she can guilt-free hand off the kids and, and go to war. Your, your GM is trying to, to yeah, pawn the, those fucking kids I, off because they're paying the for him. Too. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, they're Maybe safe. you shouldn't have let them survive. <laughs> I thought about it, and I really wanted them to die for story purposes. And I thought that, no, it's probably not a good idea to have kids die <laughs> in my podcast. <laughs> and then you did it again. You did it anyways. But you kind of get the problem that I am having. And a nuke goes off and all the kids die. Is everyone happy now? (laughs) A little, yeah, I mean. And then magically a bunch of druids show up and she can go. (laughs) They're going to take the kids all away now that I have no spell slots. Okay. So, yes, you can pawn the kids off. or, Or, sorry leave the children in safety with the dr- or the the dragonborn that are staying mm-hmm. and you you have a good feeling that they're going to be as safe here as they are anywhere at this point yeah thank you miss we promise we won't die off screen we believe in you <laughs> oh i figured it'd just be like my kid on his first day of of uh kindergarten bye yeah okay go bye we're totally we're totally not going to lose this plot thread. Even though we've been horribly traumatized by the death of all our families, we promise to be productive, healthy adults. We're so happy you left us with these strangers and you're the only safe person we've known. <laughs> I can punish you by just, <laughs> they turned into Mickey Mouse. <laughs> wow, I turned into Mickey Mouse really quick there. <laughs> Please come save my old man. I lightning bolted another person and I'm fearful for my life. And whose fault is that? Uh, entirely mine. Yeah. Also, whose fault is it that I have the children? Also entirely mine. So here, here we go. Lemuria, hey, I know this dragonborn. You're going to stay with them. They seem wicked cool, you know? Super cool. They've got this thing called video games. You should check it out. Uh you should go sit down in front of that mural for the next six to eight hours so I can go do stuff. No, we're not parents. Uh, Here's a box of crackers. Shut up. <laughs> this is oddly transferred into a weird commentary on uh, adulthood. I'm oh, concerned God. for us all. Uh, anyways. Oh, I'm so tired. I know, right? This shouldn't be that funny, but it really is to me right now. Oh. oh, okay, so Lemuria, uh, can she get another short rest? Sure, she'll sit in the back of a wagon, or she'll ride a dragonborn's back. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, yeah, she's gonna find a, a cute, curvy dragonborn. 
from that short rest. The curviest dragonborn. Uh, curviest. Carry me to war, please. <laughs> it's a it's a dummy thick dragonborn. Yeah. We'll find the thickest. No, please. I. If we get into this topic, you know there's only darkness ahead, Steve, because there will, we won't get anything so, done. New so new fan contest. Tail, <laughs> I want to see your dummy thick dragonborn pictures and art, and I want you to send them to at seasonal bard. For oh, no. credit points if you have uh, Lemuria. If we go too much deeper into the dummy thick nature of things. I, I will just make jokes and we won't actually it's progress true. this storyline. If line you take further. away me finding a fine, thick warrior goddess dragonborn to carry me, I will never forgive you. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not taking this away. We just we just leave it. We just leave it at this. She, they are dummy they're, thick. They're they're all the sexiest. Beef they carry you to war and we progress there ever. I mean, they're three dimensional characters, each one of them, but also. And yes. they just. Lumeria has some very specific queer weirdo needs that are being met right now when she's. Truly, truly sorry, Lumeria. I'm so dummy thick that my tail drags upon the ground and alerts the enemies. Uh, <laughs> first, we have smut novels, and now we have dummy thick dragonborn warriors. Are you. Are you sure you want to send this to Mark? <laughs> Maybe lightly edited? Goodness. Uh, I'm more concerned. So you you have officially canonized the fact that Sigurd uh, comes from a line of dummy thick dragonborn. Well, I mean, like, he's got a high charisma. I'm just saying. I mean, saying. obviously. And he, he even said, it's canon, he said he's fairly strong. So you combine those two, and you get... Leave. My thick Amazon dragonborn ladies alone. Also, Lemuria is now canonically queer. So. And they're all leather? Damn right they are. Why not? Leather babies everywhere. Anyways, so what's Lemuria doing? I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> she is having the best time. <laughs> like, it's a horrible nightmare situation. But she is totally. She's good. She's living in the moment. Yeah. Hey, there's a gunpowder wagon over there. Not that there's gunpowder or anything in this setting, no. but but you know, there's a provisions I mean, wagon over there. <laughs> they had explosives. Let's go try to rub those scales off. Lamira's having a real good time coming back. Yeah, I'm good with pickup lines, no matter what setting. I'm just saying. Million is being beaten to and death. to the trees where you can see through the trees. I'm sorry. I forgot something <laughs> from a, a zero session that I overheard. Yes. You're welcome. I just imagine he's on the ground screaming, you're cowards, you're cowards. Why could you, why could you allow this? Stop beating me to death, please. <laughs> and then we God. pan back and forth. And we just see like this, this peaceful scene with, with jazz and then back to Fillion being beaten to death. It's a contrasting viewpoint, John. You can appreciate that from a cinematic standpoint, right? 
I mean, I can, but I feel like Philly is the shitty end of the stick. Okay, it's not really. Important. Yeah, he's getting a little yeah. bit worse for wear. Um, okay, so Lemuria is traveling with the Dragonborn uh, in style, um, to put it mildly. Steve now has to edit out five minutes. Oh no, there's no editing. I'm not editing any. This is all staying in to the podcast. I'm just fine with that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's at a certain point, our dramatic podcast has to have some uh, comedic background. I'm going to take every chance I can to make it super cool. I'm not going to argue that. As though I didn't already and have you give plans me, for that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you give me thick dragons. I don't recall anyone saying in our group zero session that I couldn't make things sexy as hell. So, sorry guys. Well, story is ace, but Lemuria is not. You put you put dragonborn with booty in her face. How thick is this planet? <laughs> They're all thick. All thick. Different kinds of thick. Okay. So Lemuria's uh, traveling back <laughs> to Fort Hightower with this contingent of Dragonborn. We're going to briefly flash back to Fillion here. So, Antler Dude rocks forward Zapped in the bear. from this lightning bolt. Smoke is kind of rising off. Most of his furred cloak has kind of burned itself off. And he just turns and through this narrow slit in his helm, you can just see this dark, pissed off expression on his face. He takes a few steps towards you. And behind him, with your 26 perception roll or whatever bullshit role it was from the center of town around this ring of ash you see this black wall rise up these strings of shadow reaching out and engulfing everything in its path and just sucking it in and you see these little children popping in and out of the shadows and it's like nothing you've ever seen before. You, Fillion would not recognize Muriel or Muriel's children. But you see these children, they're just popping in and out of the shadows. Some of them have daggers. Some of them are just barehanded. And they're doing an astounding amount of damage. But at a certain point, there's just so many of these soldiers and these robed figures. And you can tell that they're doing some sort of ritual around these stones. And as the shadow moves outward, you see the last of the stone towers come up at the very far edges, where you see some of these sorcerers and druids mingling this strange light starts to crackle around the stone towers. And you see these really fine runes climb up them. 
and lightning again arcs down from the sky, jumps from one stone to the other. And then it arcs inward in the few stone towers that are in this inner circle are hit and they start to crackle with energy. And the shadow wall starts getting closer and closer and it doesn't seem like the helmed figure really notices. But he raises up a hand, points. It appears like he's mumbling something under his breath. I would like you to do a wisdom saving roll, please. No, not that. That is a 20. Old, old man, wise as hell. God damn it. I'm trying to kill Fillion off so I don't have to bring him back next time. You can't stop me. Just in your mind. Physically, you don't see anything happen. But you do see this odd gray swirl just in your mind. You're just visualizing this. And it gets closer and closer and then it just kind of rolls around you. But it doesn't seem like it touches you. And you can just feel like this hot pressure against you. But otherwise you're unaffected. Because Fillion's a bastard. Use magic on me. Well then. Let's actually just roll for initiative real quick here. Oh no. Every Uh, time I have something planned out, I start rolling like shit. I think I've spent too much time around you, John. Yep, this is unfortunate for you. I rolled an 18. Every fucking time. It is Dillion's turn. Alright, uh, as an action, uh, well, as a free action, Fillion's gonna go, You're all cowards! I'll see you back at the Druid Grove. Psych! And I'm gonna, I guess I'm gonna continue trying to murder this man that killed a bunch of children. So, are you are you gonna do other, something other than just yell at him? <laughs> I am, I mean, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna cast Flaming Spear on him. I think... It actually depends. How close is this man to me? He's kind of started walking towards you. So he's relatively close. We already kind of established that the few from the Council of Elders is very close to where he's standing because that's kind of where the leadership seems to be congregating. So we'll say we'll say 40 feet away. Okay, yeah. Uh well, if none of them are doing anything to like interject themselves in my way, yeah, I just kind of wave my hand and pull it down, and a flaming sphere appears above, like in that area above this guy, and drops right in front of him. And he has to make a dexterity saving throw against a 14. At the last minute, he just kind of dodges to the side. He still will take three damage then. And I mean, if if there's no one like directly stopping me, <laughs> Fillion's just going to seeing like he is not loved here. Even an old man like Fillion knows when 
it's time to leave and he's going to start moving away as fast as he can. And then it's Colstead's turn and Colstead is knocked down. <laughs> now, just to kind of paint this picture, we have this wall of shadow behind the antlered figure that's approaching him very fast. The antlered helm, most of his cloak is burned off. This black kind of armor. And this small group from the Council of Elders. Colstead is basically knocked flat. The other elders have scattered. And there's children darting in and out everywhere, causing mass chaos. So at this point, no one is any longer focused directly on Fillion and the Antlered Man. But people are dodging in and out, weaving between you two. So, Colstead stands up, and he just kind of looks around, and he has this glazed expression on his face. He he seems like he's trying to collect himself enough to do something, but his focus is just not there. After that, it's the antlered man's turn, or antlered helm dude, however we want to designate him. Big, bad, evil guy. He is going to double move. Oh, that guy, that monster. Towards you. Now, at the end of your turn, so you cast a spell, and you said you were turning a book away? Yep. Okay, what's your movement speed like? 35 feet. 35 feet. Okay. So he closes on you very fast. This wall gets closer and closer and closer behind him. And now it's closing on you as well. And at this point, you've passed through this kind of inner circle of stones. But it's still not completed and you see two or three stones that kind of have this lightning arcing back and forth between them and you see several more that are still trying to be raised and you know they'll go up a little bit and then it seems to be a lot of activity around it in this shadow and then it drops back down several of them manage to get back all the way up and the lightning arcs between them again and the circle starts to close a little bit more. Then it's back to Fillion. Okay, so it's actually I have to read things. I'm gonna I'm gonna just step away, like step step away from this man, which uh, without disengaging. So I assume he, he will want to stab me, yeah, or harm me in some way. Uh, he gets fifteen against your AC. That will hit. If only I had some back. I sense my protege is enjoying herself immensely. Uh, oh, damn. Four damage. She found herself some thick bitches. I'll take that four damage. Yeah, you will. <laughs> Can you refuse it? <laughs> no. No, I don't wanna. <laughs> I mean, can I? 
I don't want to take that four damage. Okay. Um, I'm gonna transform. I'm gonna use my other my other wild shape. I'm gonna transform into a big horse, and I'm gonna run. Okay, worked out real well for me. Not in the direction you would uh, you would expect Fillion to run. Fillion's gonna run towards the village into the shadow. Uh, yep, into the shadow. Okay. Uh, okay. I'm assuming you're just booking it basically as fast as possible. Like double move, full on sprint. Yeah. A, a horse has 60 feet of movement speed. So it probably, I just. You just... get there like fucking that. Yeah. You break this barrier. And inside, it's almost like tiny little particles of shadow floating around, obscuring nearly everything. And as a result, you can't see quite as far. And essentially, you're, you, uh, you, you're an elf, so you get dark vision. Yeah, dark vision. OK. So things definitely seem dark. And inside. You can see. All of the soldiers. That have been pulled inside of it are now pulled into the center of the courtyard. Muriel is standing on top of a pile of bodies. And she looks pissed off. She eyes with you and all you see are these black spheres with tiny little star uh, stars inside of them. Just for a second, you're lost. Everything fades away for a few seconds. And as you take just a second, it's like everything has stopped. And you look around, and where before you could see stone remnants of buildings and things from where things were lit on fire. You don't see that anymore. All you see is these gray fields and small eddies of ash are whipped up as a breeze goes through. And sitting on a hill off in the distance is Muriel. She's all by herself and she just looks incredibly sad. Where is before? She's just enveloped in these sh this shadow. All of her clothing is just made of shadow. Here, she's wearing the rags that Quill and Story and Ziggert would have seen. And you can see these heavy chains securing her in place. Every few seconds, you just see another chain appear and it weighs her down more and more. And she starts hunching down. And then you're back in the shadow of the inner courtyard and Muriel is still just looking pissed. It is the councilman's turn. And the councilman is going to 
shapeshift. And he's going to turn into a dog. It's a blue healer. And he's going to chase after you. And then he gets enveloped in shadow as he chases you. And for just a second, as he's following you, he crosses the barrier and he thinks he's fine and can kind of see you. And you see this wicked little grin turn up on the dog's face. And then you see him just yanked sideways towards the center of the courtyard. And you hear a yelp. And then you see the councilman's body fall on top of the pile. And a little grin curls up at the edges of Muriel's mouth. And then we're back to the antlered man. Antler man is going to try to follow you. Ah, good. Everyone come into these shadows. This is the perfect plan. And the antlered man turns and he starts walking and now just realizes that there's this wall of shadow moving at him at a very fast rate. And he hesitantly starts moving towards it and then he starts picking up speed and he just kind of out of the corner of his eye saw you disappear into it. And you see him draw a sword. And it is just black as can be. And he runs into the shadow. And for just a second, he doesn't seem like he's affected. And you feel him, you see him kind of lurch for a second. And this look of just pure focus that's been on you the whole time falters for a second. And then he is pulled towards the center of town. He tries to fight it. You can see him just trying to claw his way. And then he stabs his sword into the ground. And then loses it. Instead of just being pulled towards the center. You see him float up for just a second. And you see his arm snap backwards. And then his other arm. And then a leg goes out at an odd angle. And where normally you would expect someone to be screaming by now, he just grunts. And then finally, his neck twists and turns backwards. And he just falls in a heap. For just a second, you look around and you see you can still see these children dancing in and out of this wall of shadow outside of it. Things seem much brighter, but you can see the last of the stones of the inner circle going up. And then the shadow outside of it just dissipates and the lightning strikes from stone to stone. It arcs inward towards this low wall it arcs back out and hits muriel in the chest and then starts wrapping around her and you can see a look of panic on muriel's face and she is clawing at the air and you can just see 
it seems like the very air and light around her is twisting and bending and her very being is starting to twist and bend out of shape and try to pull away but she can't and then she's dragged into this low cobblestone wall Fillion is seeing this he probably would have he would have shifted back into his kind of old man form and if given the the opportunity he would have reached out to try and grab her hand. I mean, probably knowing there's no way to stop this, but at least to try. And and for just a second, like her arm and body stretch and just barely come short. And then she's just pulled in. All you can see is this ball of light. And it starts to kind of coalesce into different shapes. And you see this small cabin in the center of this cobblestone wall. And it fades, and it, this cabin takes shape and starts fading into different colors. And then inside, you just see Muriel. And she's covered in these glowing red hot chains in the center of the cabin. Outside, the dawn starts to filter back in and the lights start to come through. And you see the children suddenly glance around and realize something's wrong. And they start slinking back into the shadows. The few soldiers and the few dragonborn and the handful of druids that are left just glance around with just the deepest look of relief that you can imagine. See that there's children and leaving in the shadows. And then they just run. Fillion, Fillion stays there. I mean, if those... So the children that were brought into the center circle, if their bodies are still there, Fillion stays. Yeah, there's... I mean, there's still a significant number of bodies of different ages in the center of the courtyard. Well, I mean, the soldiers and the members of the camp. We care about, but the villagers, the children, he would he would stay and at least try to ferry them. We flash back over to Lemuria, other than enjoying herself. <laughs> so Lemuria, you've been marching and marching. You approach High Tower, and it's much as you left it. Lots of bodies. The Dragonborn, they, they cannot fathom that this has happened. You see them start checking houses. And here and there, they do find some survivors, but they're very far and few between. Mm -hmm. In one house near you, they find a little girl. She's brought over 
where you are. She is loaded into a wagon near you. And she looks scared and she kind of wraps her arms around her knees. And she's looking around at all of these dragonborn. And some of the dragonborn, they're tending to the wounded. They're casting some spells. A few of them are practicing more mundane ways of healing people with poultices and potions and herbs. And you see her just kind of drinking all of this in. And then she looks at you and she goes, you're not like them. Nope, I'm not a dragonborn. Because you're you're an elf, right? Mm-hmm. Well, am I going to be okay? I think so. What's your name? I'm Lemuria. What's yours? I'm Maud. You want to come see what they're doing? Yeah. Okay. Baby Maud! You and little baby Maud uh, go off and start tending to some of the refugees. The soldiers, the wagons that like support wagons and um, the various sorcerers and things like that get to the outskirts of Fort Hightower and none of them, you just hear these mutterings of they're just astonished how much destruction there is. Told them. As you get out of town and start going down the road, it's clear that a large force has been through here recently. You would know that. Mm-hmm. A large mass starts shifting off through the forest, and you can see birds flying up, and you just see the trees moving. And then suddenly, you see the dragonborn are just tense, and they start taking defensive positions. Out of the forest, thousands of animals start stampeding. And then they stop short of the road. And the dragonborn just... You can tell that they're not sure what to make of it. And then the ones in front start to change shape into various druids and elves. And the druids start to join forces with the dragonborn. And they head towards Gilryan. And that's where we're going to have to stop it tonight, because, yeah, I'm tired. So, let's wrap it up. Uh, I want to thank everyone for popping in tonight. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this uh, sidestep away from our main story arc tonight. If you liked what you heard, uh, please, please, please like, follow, subscribe, or review depending on what platform you are watching and or listening on, because that's the best way that you can help us grow. 
Uh, you can find our podcast anywhere that you can listen to podcasts. My name's Steve. I'm the GM. You can find me at Uber Geek Media on just about every single social media platform. This is Anne. Hi. You can find me very rarely at uh, The Crafty Heathen on all of your social media platforms. And John. I'm here to correct episode numbers. You can find me at Seasonal Vard. Or, well, yeah, basically that. Or here sometimes, uh, starting next Saturday, probably more significantly. Are we announcing officially that then? I mean, unless some horrible, drastic thing occurs. Uh, yeah, so next Saturday, 6 to 9 Central, I believe is the time frame. Myself and uh, Mark, who is not here, and a couple of friendly other people that have wonderfully decided to play with us are going to be more in a permanent setting doing the one-shot The Wolf's Wood as a, as a campaign, and that'll be fun. As... As many one-shots end up being. True, yeah. (laughs) You all rock. You're my heroes. Have a wonderful weekend. Raid! Okay, I almost forgot. Thank you, sir. Oh, I'd like to raid. Raid! Raid! I will continue to be an unkillable man. Stay a while. I am invincible. Stay a while and listen to how I continue to not die.